So uh, we record these episodes two months in advance. So we're recording this episode in early October. And but this episode is going to be our last episode of the year. Oh, really? Are we going to take any time off for the holiday or like skip uh, releasing No, I don't anything? think so because we, we, we only do it every two weeks. And we, and we do it so far in advance that we don't usually have to run into like scheduling okay. issues. But I was, I was thinking because, uh, because of like our weird schedule, like I often like reference things that are happening when we're recording <laughs> that then by the time that the episode comes out are impossibly old. Like I've been resisting the urge to talk about playoff baseball uh, okay yeah the last couple of records but i, I thought it'd be kind of funny thinking two months into the future do you have any uh <laughs> new year's resolutions uh that you that you think you might be making uh either for your own life or for the <laughs> podcast <laughs> oh boy um i mean i guess there's the finishing my editing more than like 24 hours before the episode's supposed to be released that's a good girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, otherwise, nothing really comes to mind. I mean, I, I always, I, I always intend to. I, I, I'll say this, I, and I realize I'm saying this in the middle of one of my side projects, but I, I keep intending to start some sort of like project or other kind of bigger thing that I'm doing outside of work. You know, that usually mm-hmm. I just like work, and then I come home and do just sort of goof around leisure things. But to have some sort of thing or project I work on that's actually maybe in some sense or another accomplishing something, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you're doing this with me. It's, it's, I, re- I really enjoy this. This brings a lot of joy to my life. So Yeah, it's fun. It's it's a good... It's good. Yeah, for me, for the podcast, I, I'm trying to say uh less, although I don't know how really that's effective that's being. That's okay. We have we have editors for that. I'm always I'm always trying to let you talk more. I've heard some, some feedback about the early episodes in particular that... I talk way more than you do. Well, that's that's maybe just be our dynamic. And although I, I feel like yeah, but that, just, that, that, that dynamic <laughs> is, it, is that you, I talk too much. <laughs> well, I mean, or maybe I just don't talk enough. It's if we're going with everything being relative. And I want to say like on the podcast. Uh, that is something I've also gotten feedback about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to say like on the podcast less. I mean, uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, those are all things that hopefully we're already working on, but maybe I don't know. <laughs> in, in in two months we can make it official. That's right. So I don't know that this was an effective idea for a cold open. <laughs> we, maybe we can find something. Hi, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. And uh, this is a very, uh, very exciting entry in the podcast for ourselves because this is an episode that I think we are both we're both really excited about talking about. And it was on, I don't think either of us had ever seen before, right? You've never no, I've never seen it. Yeah, and I, I have not either. It is DS Nine, season five, episode six: Trials and Tribulations. And uh, I, I do very... applaud your successful. I feel like it's like the most awkwardly written episode title there has to be <laughs> it yeah it doesn't it doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same way as the other two uh, triple uh title episodes the the memory alpha the memory alpha description for this episode is when temporal investigations arrives on deep space nine cisco recounts how he and the crew of the defiant traveled back in time to the 23rd century to prevent the assassination of captain james t kirk during the original enterprise's mission to space station k7 
So that is an explainer for the episode. I think we do need to kind of get into, before we actually talk about the plot of this episode, like what this episode is. Because it's a very kind of weird, very unique episode of yeah. of the show. So this is, this I believe, this, this, this episode was written to correspond with the 30th anniversary of Star Trek. I did a little bit of research on this. On okay, yeah, I was but, wondering if, if there was like some reason they decided to do this or if it was just going to be a fun episode. But And so yeah, it's 30th, 30th anniversary of the original Star Trek, and they wanted to kind of do like a tribute episode, you know, involving the uh, the original show. Um, they talked about, looks like from what I could read, what I was reading on Minimum Alpha, they talked a little bit about doing it with like... Uh, Charlie X because that the actor who played uh, Charlie was still you know alive, and uh, they and they kind of toyed around with some other ones and they they wanted it to kind of be like a more lighthearted episode so they didn't want to do something like City on the Edge of Forever or one of the more serious episodes of the show and so they ended up settling on probably the most comedic like most purely comedic episode of the original show which is The Trouble with Tribbles, which is a uh, an episode of the original series that is bas- basically the, the kind of the thing everyone remembers about it is that there are these rapidly proliferating kind of fluff, fluff ball, like living fluff ball things called yeah. Tribbles that, that basically breed and cause a huge nuisance on... Uh, the Enterprise and on the space station that they're that they're visiting, and what they decided to do was to make it a time travel episode. This DS9 episode is going to be a time travel episode where uh, a big bunch, of many members of the main cast, go be- end up going back in time and interacting with the Enterprise, uh, the, the the original series characters, and they did that with kind of a Forrest Gump style, but like it looks better than Forrest Gump though. Yeah, it's, it is actually really well done. Yeah. For the most part. Yes, yes. A, a Forrest Gump style, like basically inserting uh, the characters into the old footage. There's like It's a combination of that. And then they basically rebuilt the sets with almost almost total accuracy uh, so that there, you know, so there are some sequences that are not set that are, that are not like actually footage from the, the original series and are basically just really, really painstakingly created, uh, recreated sets. And I'll just go ahead and say it like right now, I loved this. I, it was I, so this much was, fun. This was delightful. I loved this so much. This is, this is a hundred percent the kind of thing that I, this is my, I, I do like it when Star Trek like is there to like make a point about something. I, I think that's really interesting. But like, my favorite Star Trek is always going to be this really goofy, like really like kind of silly sci-fi concepts. And this is one that's just so lovingly done too. I mean, like there's, I, I did like a bit of a you know I, I was doing a lot of reading on Memory Alpha mostly about this, but like, you know they 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 used like this you know different film grain for this and they use like different like lenses and stuff to make it all look like the the original show and it looks so good and it's so funny and fun and it just is delightful i really really enjoyed it a lot yeah it's a lot of fun yeah even to the point of like you know the 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 hairstyles or the they do the i think bashir especially they do the sort of the pointy sideburns that kind of everyone in the original series had mm-hmm. yeah it's and then yeah and then they just kind of repeatedly do scenes from the the original one and that with deep space nine characters either cut like in the background or the or like they're standing in a lineup of people or getting involved in a fist fight or those kinds of things it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun the my my favorite and this is kind of skipping almost to the end but 
my favorite sort of thing that's done to cut the two episodes together is the scene at the end where Cisco and Dax are up in a little storage compartment, like sifting through a bunch of tribbles and they keep throwing them out the hatch and then it'll yeah. cut to the shot of uh, Kirk and then the, the trouble will like fall out the hatch and hit him in the head. And so it's the, like in the original one, it was just kind of them periodically falling out of the hatch and it's actually because they're being thrown out by, yeah, yeah. by the Deep Space Nine guys. This, I don't know, did you, so when you watched this, did you go and watch Trouble with Tribbles again? I really kind of wanted to and like compare I, the I different shots. I almost did. I almost did because I, because just because I was so delighted by this that I was like, oh, I want to go back and watch it. And then I, I ended up not doing it, but yeah, I, I was tempted. I still might do it. I kind of want to just like watch them next to each other and, and see like what's in those shots when that they, you know, kind of where they cut them in or not. Yeah. I was just checking too while we were talking. Um, this episode, is, it's written by Ronald D. Moore and Renee Echevarria, I believe is how you would say that name. And then the story is by Ira Stephen Bear, Hans Bimir and Robert Hewitt Wolf, and it was directed by Jonathan West. I was not because there were so many names. I was wondering if they had like story credits for mm-hmm. the people who worked on the original Trouble with Troubles, because you know again like a lot of the a lot of the dialogue and it is just dialogue that's from the old footage. But the, apparently they do not. The, those those people are not credited. These are all people who worked on this kind of mid period of of Star Trek. But anyway, should we get into the story? Yeah, I guess we should. Okay. So this episode starts with a couple of uh, investigators from Temporal Investigations, which is like basically this it appears this this section of uh, this of Starfleet that is basically responsible for making sure that nobody messes up the timeline. And they're kind of like a fun couple of like, <laughs> or kind of a fun like comedy duo. They almost seem like they, the way that they're talking, they, they almost seem like they are immortals or something like that. Like they, don't, they never like specifically reference it and they appear to be both be human beings, but the way that they're talking, like it seems like they're, they're familiar with all of the stuff that... Oh, like happened in other times? Yeah. Because they, they talk about Kirk like they... They talk about Kirk and how like he was the worst ever person for doing time changes because he went back in time all the time. Yeah. And the way that they're talking about it, it's like they have personal experience with how annoying he was. So that was like a, a strange little like bit. But they are there because they're talking to Cisco because Cisco and the crew of the Defiant, which is a ship that was that, that he was piloting after something that happened in the previous episode i didn't go back to look but they had in the course of that that i think it was in the previous episode i mean maybe it was just maybe it was just something that was just they're just introducing just kind now, of referenced but, yeah but um they had picked up an orb belonging to the prophets so we've discussed re- previously are like these weird are they aliens or are they gods are they magic or are they science things that live on bejor who control the wormhole they picked up one of the prophets orbs which they uh, realized later on was the orb of time. And there was a man who was with them on the ship who uh, used the orb of time and they, which they, without them realizing it, and caused them to go back in time to the events of Trouble with Troubles. And so they, they realize they're back in time when they kind of get the view screen working again and they see the original Enterprise, or I mean, the original Enterprise, not counting the Enterprise uh, N1, on the screen right. in front of them. Which is this cool, I would imagine would be like this very cool moment if you're watching, you know, if you were watching this and didn't, didn't know, know what the story yeah. was, to be like, oh my goodness, it's like the... Because it's, and I, I think they talk about this in the Memory Alpha article, I think, it, is it the same model, or they like recreated the 
I think it's a new model, but it's it's essentially the same design as the the original like miniature miniature model that was used in the show. Like like it's not like an updated. Okay, I just assumed it was reused footage from the old show, but yeah, it's not. but yeah, but it's it's very it looks just like the the Enterprise that you would be used to seeing back in in the sixties. Although it, it did make me kind of wonder if this is like thirty years later, are there people who like watch the original series that are still watching Deep Space Nine thirty years later? Because that I'm, I'm sure is like who that shot was was for, right? If you were like a fan of the of the original and got to see the, your Enterprise again, but I mean, I think that. That show was heavily syndicated for a long time, and then they also had the movies. Yeah, so I think true. it definitely kept up like a fan base. Um, yeah. In the same way, where like 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 watching episodes in syndication was kind of like the you know ten years later binging The Office on on Netflix, Netflix right. or, or soon soon to be on Peacock. Yeah, that's that's what that that is now. It's really interesting. This is kind of a, a discussion for beyond the scope of this podcast but i i think it's gonna be really interesting with this streaming war stuff happening i think that like it's only going to result in like a further kind of like dilution of like the idea of like a monoculture and the kind of the staying power of tv too because you know i think that star trek the reason why star trek survived and was able to kind of come back is because it just kind of stuck around forever and and it stuck around in a forever in a way that it was free to watch you know and now you have these shows that I, you know, syndication is becoming less and less of a thing. You know, like you, there, there hasn't been like I don't think there's you know, it's Big Bang Theory is doing well in syndication, but like most, most like syndicated shows that are popular now are like shows that came out in the '90s, and so people grew up watching them in syndication. You know, like Friends and Seinfeld and yeah, stuff. Yeah, right. It still like plays all day on TBS or whatever. Yeah, and and you know, when when Netflix was kind of the only game in town, there was still like this kind of element of if it's on Netflix. And it was like kind of a mass appeal thing. It could do really well, which I think is why like The Office. And the Office hasn't been off the air for like that long, but like that's also I think why the why The Office is still like this kind of incredibly huge force is because mm-hmm. it, people would just binge it. And you know, and 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 certainly like I don't have Netflix anymore, and I still kind of like sometimes will feel a little bit of a of a twinge of like oh, I wish I had this available to me when they like release like a new movie or something. But event, but like I can't have everything, and you know eventually you know I don't know how you follow this stuff, but you know in the next few years you're going to have HBO Max, which is going to have like HBO stuff and like it's going to have Friends on it and some other stuff. You're going to have Peacock, which is going to have all NBC stuff. You got Amazon Prime, you got Apple TV. Yeah, there's the Netflix, Disney you still one. Got Hulu, you got Disney Plus. And it's like, I don't think that unless people just kind of like accept it and say, well, this is the new cable now. I think that's not gonna, that's going to lead to a dilution of, of, of branding if if like you can only watch The Office on Peacock. I feel like that just means that eventually people aren't going to be watching The Office in the same way. We're, we're just like the, the prevalence of people having rudimentary office knowledge is just going to go away. Yeah. That's true. So it, anyway, that's I probably spent too much time talking that's about that. But I there was speaking I of tribbles, yeah. So they realized that the person, the person they, there was a person who, who was on the ship with them, uh, before the time traveling happened, and he's kind of disguised as like a kind of a rude human being, and then they realize later that he is a Klingon in disguise, um, a Klingon named Arn Darvin, who is, who in the original series was a younger Klingon man who was trying to poison a shipment of grain during like a, a period of conflict between the Klingons and the 
uh, and Starfleet, and which did cause me to wonder, which is something that I think I, I thought about this at a recent, recently about something else too, which is that I don't know how old Klingons are supposed to be because I believe this this happened at, at least a hundred years, if not two hundred years before. I think it's about. I think it's more than a hundred, but less than two hundred years prior to the events of D- mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine. And so, so that this guy has like survived that whole time. Yeah, he was already kind of like it seemed like a not like a super young man when Trouble with Tribbles happened, and now he is you know he is he is aged by human standards he is aged about thirty years because it's the same actor. Right. But like I didn't realize that like Klingons had that long a lifespan. I guess I probably should look this up before we we talked. But I don't know. I thought that was like a strange little thing because because basically. This his, yeah. he's he's been he's been forever ashamed that he was not able to successfully poison the grain and that Kirk kind of yeah and so now he has this sort of personal vendetta against Kirk and is out to to kill him right he wants to go yeah he wants to go back in time to kill Kirk and thus make it so that he is not shamed and that the Klingon Empire will have like will be victorious in in this thing rather rather than like you know what what ends up happening which is that their home world is being poisoned and they end up joining with with Starfleet. In, in the events of uh, Star Trek VI. How heavily do you think, like, understanding what's going on in this episode depends on having seen the original Trouble with Tribbles? Like, because obviously both of us have seen that, and probably, uh, I, I think, multiple times. I think I've only seen it once. Okay. But, you know, but I feel like, do you, if you didn't know kind of the story points that Trouble with Tribbles goes through, would you have any clue what's going on in this episode? Because it's all kind of going on mostly in the background, right? Like, you'll mostly be following the Deep Space Nine crew and then get to, and then kind of something will be going on in the background and kind of come to the foreground that's in the middle of a a thing that's happening in the original episode. You know, but Mm -hmm. if you didn't, if you hadn't seen that episode, would you be able to follow this at all, do you think? I think so, because I've only seen the episode once and it had been, it's been many years, so... I remember like little bits and pieces about it, but I I was there was a lot of stuff where I was kind of like oh oh yeah okay yeah I remember that kind of and where so like I think that you probably would be able to follow I don't know that you would care because it is kind of it is like done in this kind of reverence to it, it is like it's it is kind of its own story but it's also done with like such reverence to this other thing even like to the way that like it's constructed from like a technical standpoint yeah and so. I'm I'm sure that like if you were just a Deep Space Nine fan, then you probably did not really care that much about this episode because you're just like, well, this is just like some other people. Yeah, because there's a lot of moments where it's just like, oh my goodness, look over there, it's Scotty, or look over there, it's Bones, or 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 that one time, look over there, it's Kirk, and then like it's not Kirk. That was kind of a funny. That I, I didn't get that scene. Yeah, that everyone was like convinced it was Kirk, and I was like, that's very obvious. Like, why do they are they so convinced that that's Kirk? Well, I think that they just think. I think you know, O'Brien sees this guy who's with uh, Chekhov and and Scotty, and he he thinks that it's. I think he just thinks it's Kirk because he he just doesn't really know exactly what Kirk looks yeah. like. Like he sees him and he's like, oh, that's him. And then he's just wrong, which I, I think Maybe. is kind of a funny. I think it's a funny joke. But yeah, the um, so I'm trying to think of like how how so they basically they they realize what what Arn Darvin is doing and they decide all right, well we got to do. And he's, this is kind of like most of this were being shown, but then every now and then he'll get he'll get interrupted in his telling of the story by the in the yeah. present by the two temporal investigations guys. So then we'll kind of like explain a little bit about what they did, but yeah. So, so with that, this is, I mean, this is something I always kind of wondered anytime there's like a frame story like this, where, you know, the, the story is being told by Cisco to, 
to these temporal guys. Is like is Cisco supposed to be a essentially like an unreliable narrator? Like, are we seeing what actually happened, or are we seeing kind of his account, sort of like his opinion of what happens? Especially because there's a bunch of times during it where like he like very much makes a point to say, "Now we have to be sure not to mess up the time stream because I don't want to get in any trouble with temporal investigations." And it just kind of makes me wonder, like, is that what actually happened, or is he sort of touching it up after the fact? That's interesting. I I, I felt like he was telling the truth, and then just. There's just the one thing at the end where he doesn't even lie. He just doesn't. He just, just says like and then I, something to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of how I thought it was meant to be too. It's just this is what actually happened. But I feel like that's always an interesting question to ask. Of like, is it is this like a an unreliable narrator or not? Yeah, I I think I think honestly I think a lot of that stuff exists just to kind of it's 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 exists for exposition. It exists for you mm-hmm. so they can explain like some of the steps they're taking and stuff without having to like have to figure out how to show that in the in like the dialogue so they decide though that what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to pretend to be crewmen crew members on the enterprise and and on the station too they kind of split up so some of them go to because they're trying to track down uh this guy and so he's yeah yeah. Uh, because arn darvin has escaped during the time travel incident and so they, they, they decide, all right, we're, we're, we have to get on the ship. We have to figure out where he is and what he's doing and stop him. And we have to try to not really talk to anybody and not do anything that would screw up the timeline. And uh, so the, the people who, I think Kira is on the ship, but she never leaves the ship. The people who actually go, presumably because she's Bajoran, I guess, or just they need a command person there. And the Wharf goes on, but he wears, he wears like a, he, he kind of does like the classic uh, wearing a hat that covers up his um, ha- <laughs> a hat that covers up his forehead, right. so that no one realizes that he's a Klingon. So he and Cisco, so C- Cisco and uh, I'm being kind of scattered. Sorry, C- Cisco and uh, Jadzia Dax, they're kind of a team. They go on, and then yeah, Bashir and O'Brien, they're a team, and they go on, and then Quark and Worf, or Odo and Worf. Uh, Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, and Quark's out. Odo and Worf are they, which they're a little bit more obviously alien, and so they kind of pretend to be just kind of passers passers through. Like they're they're not actually they don't they don't wear like the old Starfleet uniforms or anything. But they yeah. so they're invest they're also a team and they're investigating uh, what's going on on the space station. Whereas uh, Cisco Cisco and Jadzia and Bashir and O'Brien are kind of investigating both the space station and Enterprise as as like needs you know as 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 is needed so they're kind of just they're investigating and they're trying to figure out like what darwin did and there's only kind of so much they can do because we know that this is playing out with old footage like that has to kind of step has to be all stuff that kind of fits into the background of what happened in the original episode but uh eventually they get involved well most of them not all of them but most of them get involved with the brawl on the space station that uh, occurs in the original uh, version of the episode. And during that time period, uh, Odo and Worf capture Arn Darvin and bring him back to the Defiant. And they figure out, they, they learn from him that he put a bomb in one of these tribbles that are multiplying and spreading all over the ship. And so they have to figure out which, which tribble has the bomb in it so that they can deactivate the bomb or remove the bomb or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. And so there is, now that I'm thinking about it, there is like kind of a lot of waiting around because of this, because like there's, there's, there's mostly what, what Odo and Worf do in the episode is they kind of sit in a restaurant because they, 
heard that Arm Darfin was there and they think that he's coming back, which he does end up coming back. And then back, he does, but, yeah. But again, I don't really mind because I, I, you know, they're they're doing what they have to do like within the constraints of like the footage they have. Yeah, because a lot of the scenes of the original episode take place in this this restaurant or this bar, kind of the especially like this conflict between when Scotty and Chekhov get in the fist fight with the Klingons and mm-hmm. um, you know some of the stuff with with the Tribbles themselves and with Cyrano Jones and that all kind of happens there. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think, I mean, we're already at 30 minutes in. What, how should we approach this? Like, should we just keep on like saying like what happens next? Or should we talk about like the characters, individual journeys or how do you want to, how do you want to talk um, about this? Because it is such a strange episode to discuss. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? We could. Well, uh, I think we can double back and talk about some of the individual character stuff. I think, but basically, after they find out that there's a bomb in one of the Tribbles, I think either Cisco or Dax deduces that since uh, the goal of of Arn is to, or of Darwin is to kill Kirk, that it must be a Tribble that is near Kirk. So they start kind of following Kirk around, and they realize, they, they figure out eventually that it's probably hidden in a grain bin. Yeah, because Kirk's going back to the ship to find, the like, to, to these to these storage bins. Yeah, which is what happens in the, in the original episode, is that that's what Darwin was doing. He was poisoning poisoning this, this grain, and then... The tribbles end up eating it and dying, and that's and that's kind of how sort of sort of how that crisis is somewhat averted, and so they go into the grain bin and they look for the trib- they look for the tribbles in there and they find it and they have Kira transport the the affected tribble off of the ship into space where it blows up harmlessly, right. and then they're able to leave, but not before Cisco decides to break his rule about. Um, interacting with the past by having a scene where he kind of pretends to be a new person on the enterprise and he introduces himself to to kirk and says that it's been an honor working with him which that that scene is actually taken from a different episode of original series it's, it's kind of what i wondered yeah yeah i think from mirror mirror there's there's a different episode where he just he's talking to a different lieutenant that kind of hands him a, a thing yep Yep. Then they go home and then basically the temporal people are like, well, you know what? I understand why you would have done that. And it seems like everything else you did is fine. And so I think you're good. And they leave. And then there's there's the reveal at the end of the episode, which I I imagine probably is not ever addressed again. Maybe it is, but where um, they, they, they reveal that it's, at some point while the Defiant was back in time, a triple made it onto the ship and now there are hundreds of tribbles inside of Deep Space Nine because because they just multiply like mad. Yeah. And so I, which is a funny little way to end the episode. Um, so, yeah, like I said, this episode is really fun. I'm trying to think. I think each of the characters kind of has like their own little like journey. Most, not each of them, but most of the characters have like their own little journey they're going on. So like, yeah. you know, Cisco is very mission oriented, but also he's like very interested in this part of history. And he's with, uh, he's with Dax who as... Jadzi has not lived through this part of history, but Dax, the the Trill entity inside of Jadzia... Yeah, was alive at this time with a different host, yeah. Yeah, and so she she um, she's kind of very curious to see all these different people who, you know, she was alive during this time period and she knew some of them. There's like a bit where she implies that her in a different body had sex with, uh, 
with bones and uh she kind of just like wants to introduce herself to people and is talking you know she 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 talks about how hot spock is yeah um and she's just she's just having a great time like she's just loving it like you know and she she has to wear the uh there's like a scene where they're talking about how in in the past uh the 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 different divisions of the ship wore different colors yeah they explain the the difference in the uniforms that the engineering was the red shirts and the uh, operations was gold yeah, and then and then she comes in and says, and women wore less, and then she's wearing like the miniskirt, but it's like she's loving it, and also in a creepy move, uh, Bashir is also clearly loving it uh, when she comes out. Uh, but I don't I don't like Bashir very much. No. I don't think. By yeah, because there's also the later kind of creepy scene with with Bashir where he. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's what they're doing, and then uh, it's kind of funny because Cisco is the one the entire time who's kind of saying, "Don't get involved, don't get involved," but then at the end he's like, "No." Nah, I have to. I have to go say hi to Captain Kirk because I just love him so much, you know. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. You go on. You, you explain the thing about because the next the next two thing is like O'Brien, who O'Brien doesn't really have like much of an arc, and other than that, he's just kind of like everything here is so old, you know. Yeah, I guess there's yeah, like kind of all the engineering stuff. He he keeps like complaining about, um, and then Bashir is him and Bashir are on a a turbo lift with this just random lieutenant that Bashir is clearly attracted to and like she kind of flirts with him and then she tells him her name and then he becomes convinced that because she has the same name as his great-grandmother that then he's he has to go fall in love with her and have sex with her and become his own great-grandfather because otherwise it would be like a yeah he wouldn't want to exist and it's a yeah it's like a terminator or uh or like a kind of a back to the future right not that that actually happens back to the future but it's like that kind of idea yeah, and it, it doesn't really go anywhere after that scene, um, which is probably for the best. <laughs> but like, because him and because O'Brien just kind of thinks he's being ridiculous and tells him like, "No, that's stupid. Come on, we just finish our mission and go back." And Bashir's like, "Okay, but if I if we get back and I don't exist anymore, it's your fault." And then O'Brien's got Brian kind of seems like he's cool with that possibility <laughs> yeah, happening. Exactly. That was a very weird scene, like where he freaks out about that because it almost seems like it almost seems like he really is into this idea of of, of possibly being his own great grandfather. Uh, yeah, which I think again, like from what I've seen of Bashir, is kind of sort of part of his character. Yeah. Is he really thinks of himself as being this like kind of lover type of guy? Yeah. Um, there is also a they do let him deliver a because he's the doctor they let him deliver the line i'm a doctor not a historian as sort of a nod back to to mccoy yeah yeah because that's something else too that that's that's kind of his other thing is that he doesn't know anything about this time period it seems like he doesn't really care about history whereas everyone else seems very very interested in in yeah we're excited to be in back the golden age of starfleet yeah uh odo and uh wharf they don't really have like arcs as such although wharf does get the funniest thing probably in the entire episode which is (laughs) that so if you've seen you know kind of 90s era star trek and then and you've seen original series star trek you will note that the klingons look very very different basically the the klingons in in the original series are basically just kind of like kind of hairy swarthy kind of yeah they have like dudes spray tans and full eyebrows or yeah whereas you know in later shows they've got like this crazy forehead stuff and they have like significantly darker skin and yeah. usually and sharp teeth um, and... yeah right right and, <laughs> and they look so different that the show has this funny funny joke where basically there's a bunch of klingons in this bar where some of the old enterprise characters are and the ds9 folks are there also and they none of the people except for Worf realizes that 
the those Klingons are Klingons. And they're like, those are Klingons? And then they, they look at Worf, like, explain this. Yeah. Worf is <laughs> just, just like, like uh, I don't want to talk about it. We don't like to talk about it, yeah. <laughs> Which is really, really funny. Yeah. I, it's kind of, it's it's funny, and I think it's almost kind of, from what I've read, it's it's a little, that, that line is not ruined, but, like, there is a two-part episode of um, Enterprise that actually does explain later. Yeah, that that is one of the, and again, I think that was kind of, it's one of those things that, Enterprise would do a lot where they decide that they have to answer all of these questions about continuity that people had of like where did these things come from where did this come from even like the even though like the Bo- they explain where the Borg came from even though the Borg were you know discovered for the first time halfway through the next generation they feel like they have yeah. to explain their origins but yeah but they explain and I think it has something to do with maybe that's the Borg though I think it has something to do with um like a, a ancestor of the guy who made data that's played by Brent Spiner and like genetic engineering or whatever that why the Klingons looked like that for a while but okay yeah I it's I mean maybe that is a good episode I, I don't know but I don't know that it, I'll like it as much as Worf just kind of like Worf is just so embarrassed about it like he's just yeah. like I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about it yeah the other good <laughs> bit with really with Worf and Odo is talking about like Worf talks about why because this is sort of a main plot point in the original Trouble with Tribbles and sort of how they find out that Arn Darvin is actually a Klingon is that Tribbles and Klingons hate each other. So these Tribbles, like everybody loves Tribbles and they just kind of like make these nice little cooing sounds. And then anytime they're near a Klingon, they just, the Tribbles start freaking out and screaming and the Klingons are repulsed by these things. And so that's how they figure out that Arn Darvin is a Klingon. And so you, you have Worf, again, kind of everyone's talking about how cute these Tribbles are and Worf is just absolutely repulsed by them and talks about how they're this ecologic menace that destroyed planets and that the Klingons like hunted down and killed. Yeah, Worf at one point is is arguing for, you know, for for a mass extinction of these things. Basically basically it was a good idea that like they all basically went instinct because yeah. Klingons hunted them to destruction. Yeah, and Odo kinda makes fun of him and says, you know, I'm sure the Klingons still tell these sing these epic songs of the great triple hunt yeah you know and then yeah kira doesn't really have an arc she's just kind of there in the in the home base area yeah yeah this i mean this episode doesn't really have like a theme or anything really it's mostly just kind of about how the original series is great and like star trek is really fun and you know it's just it's very much like a love letter to itself you know yeah but it doesn't i think it does it well i think it's a lot of fun yeah it's very and really it really is like i don't think we've stressed enough or maybe we have but like it's so well done like it just it looks it looks very seamless. It, they really did a good job with like integrating that stuff, and even like um, like one of my favorite things about Star Wars uh, Rogue One is that they, you know, it, the setting of it is right before Episode Four or the original Star Wars movie, and there's all this like little stuff in it that it's, that's designed to put you in that uh, milieu. And so I, I think about like two very little production things that like probably a lot of people don't even notice, but like I think about them a lot is how like the the the, the X-wing pilots, the, the the new squadron of X-wing pilots that you see in Rogue One, they are they all have like kind of '70s style, like oh, with, like mustaches or haircuts or that. He's got like a really like classic '70s mustache, and then they even they even kind of similar to this, they incorporated. 
like deleted scene footage in the from a cockpits of some of the people who were in the Death Star run in the first mm-hmm. in the first uh, one of those movies. And there's other little things too. Like there's there's lots of there's just little bits and pieces in this in those movies in, a, in that movie where you're kind of like it's, they're, they're putting you back in kind of that that mindset and this this show does this really well too where there's the scene with like the bar fight which is something that happens in the original episode i believe and then you know you see uh, bashir and o'brien and odo and Worf all get involved in this fight and the way they're fighting is very it's like it's it's like the fights in the original series where like they're very exaggerated they like do a lot of like things where they're kind of like you know yeah like big like socking punches and elbowing him you know like and and yeah, I did notice that as well. That like the f- even like the way the the Deep Space Nine characters fight is like looks like the kinds of fights that you see all the time in the original series. Yeah, and it was just really I don't know. I just it's really just like a, clearly like a labor of of love, and it yeah. really works out really really well. Yeah, really or even fun. the like every time like a, a door opened, I that's kind of how I felt. That it's you know it's very clearly the kind of the old school where it's just like a wood panel on a string that someone's pulling that is this like sliding door opening and closing even when it wasn't a shot from the original one that the sets and, mm. and the doors look so much like like star trek yeah yeah so yeah, it was really great i really i really liked it i i i this is it, it's kind of a i did tell kim i was like what what does this say about my feelings about Deep Space Nine, that like this is by far my favorite episode of Deep Space Nine we watched, and it's just an episode about how good another series of Star Trek is. Right. But even like the characters felt like they were having so much more fun. You know, it's like I, yeah, they did. Like you really, like, I feel like you really enjoyed Dax in this one. Like you can tell just how much she's enjoying herself. And yeah, even Cisco, who's usually such a stick in the mud, it seems yeah. like he, you know, he's he's like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm really like I really like being here. I think I read I read this in Memory Alpha too that they basically said that one of the reasons for that is that they didn't. The first time that the actors were on the Enterprise set is when they were being shot. Like, they, really? they, wow. they didn't go on until then, and so they were all like, whoa, kind of want looking this around this at everything, yeah. Yeah, this is so crazy that like that this this looks so cool. This looks like this thing that we're familiar with from, you know, growing up having having watched it. And yeah, it's really it's really cool. I I really I really enjoyed it a lot. I'm trying to think if there's anything else like to talk about with it really. Um, I, I I am I was curious if if like Tribbles then, if the if there's any if there's any more reference to Tribbles existing on the deep on deep space mine later you know like i i mm-hmm. like if, if they ever like come back to like oh we had to get rid of these shows even if they just like mention it you know like it it made me wonder it made me wonder like if they're if they kind of talk about looks like they don't looks like they never mention it again uh at least that i can tell i'm on a i'm, I'm in an episode i'm in a, I'm the Tribbles entry in um I'm Ralph right now, and I, it's 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 talking about every, every time you see a triple or triples are mentioned. Yeah, they they don't ever talk about it again. That's all, that's that's the only episode of Deuce Space Nine where they talk about triples. So apparently they figured you know they sucked them all out in space or something. Yeah, I mean triples are very important in the Star Trek universe. You know, if you if you recall from uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, they basically are used to cure death, which is then not talked about in uh, Star Trek <laughs> Beyond because it's. A, it's silly. It, it, not, it, silly and like not as fun of a way as, as this episode is silly. But anyway, yeah, I don't know that there is more to say about this unless you have something. No, I think that's pretty much all I got. It was a fun one. I, I realized um, as you were recording that I don't actually have a, what we are doing for the next episode up yet. So oh. I'll probably just edit something in at the okay. end about what episode we're doing next. 
we can talk about it offline. Beyond that, thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can listen to us on any you know podcatcher. You can go to our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. And yeah, at the end of this episode here, I will I will kind of drop in with what episode we're doing next time. So you can come back in two weeks and we'll do whatever episode that is. Yeah. So thank you very much, everybody. Thanks. Bye. The next episode will be on Voyager Season 3, Episode 22, Real Life. Look for it wherever fine podcasts are sold.